0: and welcome to Broadcast His Love. This is a podcast where we talk about what life looks like when we decrease our name and increase God's name, because it's all about Jesus, living life on purpose for Him. And I truly believe each one of us has been sent here for a purpose, a God-given purpose. And I read this book last year by author Heather Holloman. It was written by Heather and her husband, Ashley, and we'll get into more of that in a minute. But Heather's with us today, and she wrote this book called Sent Living a Life That Invites Others to Jesus. And wow, I cannot wait to hear a little bit about you and about this encouragement you felt of knowing that Jesus was sent to this earth, and now we are sent. So, how are you, Heather?
1: I am doing great. It is such an honor to be on your podcast. Thank you for your work and ministry. This is so fun.
0: Thank you so much for your time today. So tell us a little bit about what ignited you to write this book sent with your husband as well. I've never read a book written by husband and wife. So what got the fire in you guys to say, let's write a book together on being sent?
1: Well, I love that my publisher asked Ashley, my husband, good Southern name, Ashley, to join me in writing this book because I'm someone naturally, probably naturally, supernaturally gifted in evangelism, meaning not only do I enjoy talking to people about Jesus every day, but it does feel like I have this supernatural gift of evangelism, but My husband is an introvert and he is not someone who thinks he has any sort of extra special gift of evangelism, but he believes firmly that all believers have what we call this sent identity. And he steps out in faith every day, believing that he is sent, even though it's not natural for him. And he just sees God do incredible things in his life. So he wrote, from the perspective of the introverted person who doesn't believe they have any special gift. He just trusts God. He steps out empowered by the Holy spirit. And he just led our 85 year old neighbor to the Lord. And every Friday they have discipleship time together.
0: Yes. And that is your book about getting plugged into your neighborhood. And I want to find out how you do that. Honestly, I want to find out how, okay, I know what your answer is going to be to this, but how do you get the confidence to get your neighbors over? Because what if your dish is bad and then, <laughs> and then you broke their tooth and now you have to pay for their tooth to get fixed. Like,
1: Yes. No, I just, I really believe, first of all, it is a risk. A lot of your listeners may think I don't really do anything in my life that requires faith. Think about it, Ricky, do one thing every day that just requires faith. So it did, as an extrovert person who loves having people over this was not hard for me but for my husband it was a step of faith. We just really believe that God has put each person in their exact location. That's from Acts 17 that he searches out the exact places where you live and to really think, okay God, you had me here for a reason. Um you know Jesus says as the Father has sent me, so I send you and he says that you know when you called the first disciples that were to seek and save the lost and that's what Jesus is doing i want to do what jesus is doing so i just wow. believe that the neighbors around me i'm here to bless them and to help them discover god's love for them so i just do things that i naturally like to do i love to make soup so i invite all the neighbors over for soup on monday night or now that it's warmer outside gathering neighbors to go on walks or going out for ice cream there there's no like strategy or prescription it's just whatever you love to do just to be intentional about connecting deeply with people plus we're coming out of the pandemic so there's an ice you know people are isolated there even before the pandemic there was an epidemic of loneliness so just be honest say to the neighbors look we're all lonely let's connect we do it through a neighborhood facebook group so our street has a Facebook group where we post events and things to gather people. So my husband just posted, we all may go see one of our neighbors who's in community theater. We all may go support her in the play that she's in. So little things like that. And then once you gather, the book sent really teaches how to ask really good questions that always lead to gospel conversations. So whatever you want to do, just gather people, take the risk.
0: Yes, and the other thing your book challenges us to do is to always be praying for five people. Yes. Yes, why, when you say that, pray for five people, there's something about that that's easy and practical and that I can take with me. And for the person listening, this is something that we can do today. I mean, right now, one, two, three, four, five, you can think of five people to pray for. And it is interesting to me that you put that in this book, a book about being sent, that Jesus was sent, and now you're sent, and you're also saying to pray. So how does that come into this book of being, you know, just praying? How does it come into the book to pray for five people?
1: Well, it was just a practice that my husband and I, you know, we've been doing that for 25 years. And you're right. Five is an easy number. I quickly get overwhelmed and I don't like having a ton of things to do on my to-do list. But the idea of just five people that God's put around me and I ask God, okay, who in my life, you know, because sort of asking God first, who would you put on my mind to put on my list? And then I commit to pray for them. So right now I have, um, you know, my My natural pathways would be my neighborhood and where I work at Penn State. So I just have five people that I regularly pray for in my neighborhood and at Penn State. And it can be family members, it could also be someone who maybe you're connected to on social media. That's okay too. But scripture really outlines the seven ways you can pray for people who don't yet know Jesus. And Ricky, I have seen amazing supernatural results by praying for like an open door for the message of the gospel that's in Colossians. God, would you just open the door for me to talk about you? I also love where Paul says, don't forget to pray to send others to help. So many times I'll be talking to people and I'll feel all alone. Like I'm the only one in their life talking to Jesus. But just last week, a professor was like, you'll never believe it. This student came by my office. She's a Christian we may read a book of the Bible together. Can you believe that, Heather? I was like, yes, because I've been praying that God would send others to help. Yeah. So um, you can pray for a spirit of revelation. You can pray from Psalm 119 that God turns their eyes from worthless things. A lot of people right now are realizing that the things they're going to for life are really worthless things. They, yeah. They're not giving them peace. They're not giving them joy. So I love praying that. So the book outlines the seven ways you can pray. Because really, this is supernatural work. This is something the Holy Spirit's doing. And so I love praying for people and then seeing what God does. So that is a big part of living your sent identity. Just asking God, okay, where are you at work here? Right. And seeing who he puts on your mind.
0: And in the book, you talk about Luke four forty through 44. This is after Jesus was tested by the devil. And he says, You can't live on bread alone. You know, Jesus offers us so much more life. Like you were saying, what are people going to that give them life? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is what we are encouraging people to go to. And, you know, we're so glad you're here. We're so thankful that you're listening. And when people are listening, we pray that you are drawn closer to Jesus by his Holy Spirit. We just want him to use us in this time. Heather's been so sweet to give us her time in this. And so, is it okay, Heather, if I share Luke 4 40 through 44, just to set the tone for what we're talking about this lifestyle? Okay, awesome. Okay, so this is starting in verse 40, and it's a little long, but just hang with me because you're going to get something out of it. Okay, at sunset, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness, and laying his hands on each one, he healed them. Moreover, demons came out of many people shouting, you are the son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew he was the Messiah. At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. The people were looking for him. And when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving. But he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also. Because, and this is the whole thing. So if you just dozed off focus back in because that is why I was sent. And he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. So when I read that, it's like, because Jesus was sent, that's how we can adapt this mentality of being sent by Jesus. And you talked about, you are a professor. And can you just paint the picture for us about how you feel God has sent you to this position?
1: Yes. And by the way, I love that you're talking about this sort of mindset shift because that's what really, that's what it is. The sent mindset, because the number one way Jesus describes the father in the book of John is the father who sent me. That's why I just got chills when the, when you read in in John 2021, as the father has sent me, so I send you. So as a professor, I really believe that it's no accident, like where my office is, who my office mates are, I pray for my students as if they were sovereignly chosen to be in my classroom. So when you're living a sent life, you're always looking for how to bless people and how to naturally share the gospel and look for opportunities to display God's love to people. Now, as a professor at Penn state, I pray for my students. I pray blessing over them. They know that I pray for them. And in class time, obviously, I spend most of my time talking about grammar and advanced writing. But in office hours, often what will happen is a student will say, you know, uh, you talked about your prayer journal before class. I want to hear more about that. Or sometimes a student in distress will be freaking out about anxiety or the and they'll want to know about what my rituals are for well-being those are natural opportunities for me to talk about the lord right. so i really believe in that it's no accident where you work Where your house is, what your career is, who your children are socializing with. It makes life such a supernatural adventure. So, did I answer your question? I got so excited about the scent identity. Is that what you were asking? Yes. yes, Well,
0: that was my takeaway from your book. My takeaway was that scent taught me to think of every situation as a place you have been sent by God. That's what I learned from your book.
1: Yes. And that is true. Even if you're in a hard situation, um, this isn't, you know, I published the book you know, two years ago, but I'm learning that if I'm in a bad situation, my first question should be, okay, Lord, you have me here. Mm -hmm. And instead of focusing on my pain or suffering, I'm learning to say, okay, who here doesn't yet know Jesus. So I had to have two emergency surgeries in November and then another surgery in December. And instead of wallowing in depression and sadness about it, I was like, all right, God, you're sending me to this hospital. Who here doesn't yet know Jesus. Oh my gosh, Ricky! I got to tell three different people about the Lord. I sent the surgeon and his uh, physician assistant copies of my book. Sent. They were fascinated. No, seated, seated with Christ. I sent them. Okay. Because okay. they were fascinated by. Okay, who are you? And they knew I was a Christian. So if your dishwasher breaks, it may not be that. May not be the real story. It's that there's going to be a dishwasher repair person who mm-hmm. might need to know him. Or you know, I tell stories in the book about the dentist where I was so upset and needing a new mouth guard, but that really wasn't the whole story. It was that the dental hygienist didn't know Jesus. And I got to lead her to Christ right there in the, in the room. So,
0: yeah. And the idea of leading people to Christ in your job, my first reaction is, oh, I don't want to get in trouble. That is my first reaction. What do you say to people who, I don't want to say, think I can't do this, but have like I mean, I know it's all. Oh about
1: well, that's easy. That's easy. Let me just ease your mind. You're protected by the First Amendment, at least if you're listening and you're in the United States. It you are you are allowed to identify as a Christian and talk about your faith. Now think about people in your life who are always talking about their political positions, or your friends who sell essential oils, and every conversation is about you know buying essential oils or something. It you're you can talk about things that you care about. How huh? and and Christians. been silenced for way too long and at the university one of the core values of the university is viewpoint diversity having lots of different ideas that's like the ideal of the university so for my students to know that i'm a christian It just adds to the beauty of the university. There's no reason why Christians shouldn't be able to talk about things that they care about. Now, of course you have to teach your course material, whatever job you're in, you have to do your job with excellence. That's what you're being paid to do. I'm not being paid to talk about Jesus. So I don't do it as part of my, you know, course requirements. It's more in natural conversations in the hallway, in office hours, when it comes out. And when I invite professors out to dinner, like I have a dinner group with professors, they all know that I'm a Christian and one of them who's an atheist will say, I okay, could, I know you guys know I'm an atheist, but can we make this a prayer group <laughs> with Heather? you know, don't be afraid. I mean, you'll know if you're, if you're inappropriately, uh, crossing the line. So, you know, you'll know, and God will guide you, but you don't need to live in fear. You're protected by the first amendment. We have freedom of religion in the U S so you don't need to worry. And plus God will give you a spirit of boldness. Think about what Paul prayed at the end of Ephesians 6. A lot of people, that's the spiritual armor of God passage, but a lot of people forget to read the next verse where Paul asks for personal prayer. It's one of the only times in scripture he asks for personal prayer. And this is what Paul asks for. He says, pray for me that whenever I open my mouth, words would be given to me so I may fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Well, guess what? He said fearlessly. That means that he was also afraid. He also needed boldness. So you're not going to lose your job by identifying as a Christian. And I'm sure everyone listening has friends who make it very clear what their political positions are. They make it very clear what their positions are on social issues or even their religion any other religion than Christianity. You don't need to worry. You have a free voice, open voice in the marketplace. You're protected by the First Amendment.
0: What you just said softened my heart to so many levels. The lie I told myself when I was young, I mean, in college, and I was about to hit the work field, and I majored in news, and news is not a place where you go talking about Jesus. It's just not. It's not a culture that's like, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior reporting live. From- <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> it's just not, you know, accepted there. And I had a mentor tell me she was not a Christian. She was not a believer. Hey, you know, that Jesus stuff that you're like posting on social media, you're trying to get jobs and stuff. You might want to slow down on that because it's not really seen as something that's good. And that's a lie. I've told myself since that time frame. So now I'm in my thirties. I just, somebody needed to hear that today about you're protected by the first amendment. Right. And I think it was me. So, uh, <laughs> was out there, I well,
1: you know, I understand that though. And a lot of people act, like I do a lot of talks on sort of like evangelism training and just so you know, it's not awkward at all. Like in class on tomorrow morning in class, I can guarantee you people will say like, you know, Dr. H, how was your weekend? Why wouldn't I say, I heard a great sermon on Sunday morning and it was about not having fear. It was from the book of first Chronicles. Why is that inappropriate? Why is that wrong to tell the truth about what you enjoyed in your weekend? Or if people like one of the things, if, if I'm doing an attendance question and I ask people, what are you doing to take care of yourself today? And they say, Dr. H, what about you? And I say, Oh, I really take care of myself by making sure I have time for Bible reading and prayer. Why is that inappropriate to share your life with people in the workplace? So that's great.
0: You do not need to be afraid. Yeah. So, and I know we're wrapping up here. Every question we ask our guests is what Bible verse is helping you in this season. And I didn't know if there was a Bible verse you'd like to leave us with today that's helping you out or encouraging you at all.
1: Well, I have two. Can I read two? I love where I think it's, oh gosh, I'm going to get the reference wrong. It's okay. Nehemiah, am the one that says not by might, not by power, but by my spirit says the Lord. I just feel really, and, and the idea that his power is made perfect in our weakness. I'm in such a season of like feeling really weak, both emotionally, physically, you guys, all the listeners probably feel that too. But then there's this mystery of God's power being displayed in our lives when we have nothing to bring to the table and then the verse that I that really shapes my devotional life is Psalm 5-3. It's so powerful, and I know you're going to love it. It's how you can start your day every day. David says, in the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you and wait in expectation. I love Psalm 5-3 because every morning I go to the Lord. I know he hears me, and I lay out... The, the concerns I have for the day, I invite Jesus into all of those concerns. I ask for what I need because he's my good, loving father who provides. And then I list out my five people who don't yet know Jesus. And I just love starting the day, inviting Jesus into everything, because then it says I wait in expectation. That means I have hope all day long to see God's activity on my behalf. And then it changes how I view the day. It helps me experience him. And then at night, I can reflect back with my daughters and my husband how I saw God work in the day. Don't you love Psalm 5 3? I love I Psalm 5 3.
0: I love it because it uses words together like the word wait and expectantly yeah. yes. together. Wait expectantly. Like, okay, yeah. So like, I feel like I'm a NASCAR driver, but the car is not running. I'm just like, I'm waiting expectantly. <laughs> Something's going to happen. Wrong. Yes.
1: I love that. Doesn't that sound so much better than like despair every day? Like, you don't know what God's going to do today. You may be like ready to take a nap, but what if I told you, hold on by the time this day is over, you're going to see God work. Wouldn't that just make you so happy? Yes. And that's what I do every day. And every single day I'm able to note God's provision or like Rejoice that something happened. That, like, I was thankful that I didn't schedule anything this afternoon, which made it perfect for me to connect with you.
0: I know. Thank you so much. And now I I have
1: a new friend, and you're like my favorite person. You have so much good energy just in your
0: voice. I want to hang out all day. (laughs) Thank you so much. I've so appreciated you and your time and your book was life-changing for me. There are a couple of books that I refer to as being books you got to check out. If you like this podcast, I think you'll like these books. And one of those books is this book, Sent, because we are all about encouraging you to do what you do for Jesus. And having this mindset of being sent into your job or sent to your family for dinner or sent to your neighborhood, sent in all things for Jesus, by Jesus, I mean, all about Jesus, is so life-giving. So I just I'm a fangirl of you, Heather, and I just appreciate your time. So is there anything uh, else you'd like to share? Ways to connect with you? Um, you can
1: connect with me. I mean, on Instagram. I'm not the best on social media, but I do Instagram and Facebook and I'm trying Twitter. I just want to be where the kids are. Like I even have a TikTok that I haven't, I don't know what I'm gonna do with my TikTok, but I just wherever you can always reach out to me on social media and I love answering and I'm not, um, even though I write books and speak all the time, I'm not like a Christian celebrity. So you will actually get an email response from me if you email
0: me. Honestly, that's the biggest blessing to me is the people who listen to this. It's like, no, we're like, we love the Lord. Do not despise these small beginnings. You know, (laughs) God rejoices to see the work begin. So, um, yes, like, We can access you and ask you questions. And if you do reach out to Heather on social media, on Instagram, whatever you choose to reach out to her, uh, just tell her that you heard her on the podcast. That would be great. Yes, tag the podcast. That's so fun. Yes, yes. And thank you so much for your time, Heather. At the end of every podcast, we always pray, Father, decrease us and increase you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, this is Dustin, one of the pastors at Grace Bible Church in Sebring, Florida. Thanks for tuning in to listen to Broadcast His Love with Ricky Van Stewart. I hope you also consider joining us on our podcast as well. Our hope is to encourage you, inspire you, and compel you towards a closer walk with Jesus and one another. You can find us on every platform where podcasts are offered by simply searching for Grace Bible Church Sebring. Again, this is Pastor Dustin, and I hope to get to connect with you very soon. Hey, this is Mark Stockland, pastor and CEO for Haiti Bible Mission in Jeremy Haiti. If you'd like to follow along with what we're doing in Jeremy Haiti, you can check us out at HaitiBibleMission.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We'd love to get you guys connected with what we're doing in Jeremy Haiti and how you can partner with us to live the difference to help empower leaders to transform communities. God bless you guys and have a great day. Hi, y'all. This is Nan Charland, the owner of the Laurel Oak Inn Bed and Breakfast in Gainesville. Florida. You can find the Laurel Oak Inn on the internet at laureloakin.com or Facebook and Instagram, Laurel Oak Inn. Until we meet you in person, we certainly hope you're enjoying life to its fullest. <laughs>